Hello and welcome to the Metapod, a Pokemon TCG podcast that revolves around the evolving meta. I got my vaccine today and I'm feeling a little funky. Not like sick, like a lot of people have been saying, but I just feel like off. You know, I've heard that. So I, I have both my shots now. My first shot, it may also be like a psychosomatic thing of like, we've, you've been in lockdown for a year now, Jake, and the vaccine feels surreal in a way. Like, oh, I got... And so it could be a mixture. Like I, when I got my first one, I also, um, it was also like, there was some weird emotional feelings that made me feel physically funny. I don't even feel emotional. I just feel like nothing. <laughs> you just feel dead I'm inside. Like this, I'm like a black hole right now. I don't even, I don't have any feelings. Well, I would rather not have feelings than have COVID. <laughs> for, for well, yeah, that's true. I've never, I've never had that, but you know what I have had, uh, Sean, I've had good times here on this podcast and we are continuing on episode 43 i can now know every single episode number because i'm pulling up youtube comments and yeah. in the thumbnail of the youtube video i put the number episode on there so i just i just go plus one but we got a lot to talk about today not a lot of news though i mean there were some cards that were announced but the cards are so insignificant, in my opinion, that don't really matter. That <laughs> they don't matter. Your cards don't matter. I just feel like it's not worth talking about. So Sean and I are going to talk a little bit about the meta. Sean has a big, big discussion that he wants to talk about with that. We also kind of want to talk about, now that we are both, we've both gotten vaccines, I think the, uh, the Trash Lanch podcast just said in their recent episode that they were the first fully vaccinated podcast out there and i Man, i'm got, sorry sean they I, have I both rounds? too young too Hold young on. they got both rounds they got two shots or did they get that jj juice i i don't know but they said fully vaccinated <laughs> right. pokemon tcg podcast so all right. all right all right mike if you got your second shot if y'all both got your second shot then i mean i applaud you Sean, Although, I don't want to make beef. I don't want to make beef with Mike Fouché and the gang. <laughs> has Flo, has, has Steven gotten this shot, though? I feel like Flo I have no idea. may have gotten I have this no shot, idea. too. Anyways. Anyways, we, do, we got <laughs> a lot to talk about. This is not a race. About. We want to talk about in that specific... The, the thing that I was leading to is that now that everybody's getting vaccinated and things like that, the kind of light at the end of the tunnel is coming for IRL events for Pokemon TCG. So we want to kind of... Talk a little bit about like the etiquette and the different things because there's a lot of new people. I mean, we've seen all these five star reviews that are wonderful, and you should keep giving them if you want to write us a five star review and YouTube comments about how people have just started coming back to the game. You know, they started playing the game during the pandemic. So, a lot of people probably listening have never been to a Pokemon TCG event before. And there's a lot of people, I would imagine, that haven't been to one in a long time because we just haven't had any. So, it's probably a good refresher. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I probably need a refresher too. And when you've been playing, sitting and playing PTCGO and all you can say is well played to most of your opponents and just spam that over and over, we should probably <laughs> rethink how we're going to play with each other. I um, will say though, I've had the most serotonin playing PTCGO that I've had in a while this last week. I won, Sean, the first team challenge of the the second round of the team challenge the first qualifier congratulations Hooray. congratulations you will you will get to experience uh the the joys of the playoffs when they come and hopefully get a playmat uh, my playmat's in the mail for the first team challenge so uh yeah it's very nice the thing is like this is my like actual like local game store like i didn't i didn't pick a store that i've like never been to before not saying that that's bad 
but like I know all these people competing pretty much. So like I don't know. I feel like it's gonna be a little bit better than the a lot of complaints that people have been saying about like stuff. But I was super happy that I won the first one because to be honest with sports, I can't make the other ones. Because <laughs> they're all on weekends. We got national championships, we got conference championships. This is the one free Saturday that I've like had in weeks. And it's gonna be the last one that I have until like June, and then the actual tournament starts like mid late July. Yeah, well, I think they said. Uh, yeah, probably because they got to do four different events, and those got to be spaced out over like a few months. So you should be free by the time that those main events come. And I will say, Jake, that you're the team you play. You can work out a schedule that works for for both parties. Oh, thank God! So that's what we did. Like one one time, we did like a Saturday morning early, and then another time we did like a Friday night late. And so it's very flexible, which is nice. Good, good, good. I did win with single strike Urshifu, Sean, a deck that nobody really talks about. <laughs> I found out that it was actually insane in the meta against Victini. I just wanted to play something that was good. Found out it actually had a pretty good Victini matchup, Sean. So <laughs> well, that's, that's, that's if useful. If you feel like there's a format with a lot of Victini and a lot of Picaram, Take single striker Shifu. You'll do you'll do great. Just use those strong energies and impact blow. I used impact blow so many times, Sean. The the first or the second attack on the Urshifu V, not even the VMAX. I used that so many times. I think I used that way more than the than the G Max one blow. Well, uh sorry, I was also like I was a little distracted. I was like Fixing the next scene when we jump into the um, uh, the topics on OBS. Let me I just read I the five-star reviews, yes, five Sean, reviews that we have. Here. Break the silence. Let me do my <laughs> due diligence as a co-caster. But here we go. I will, uh, I'll talk about the Alex SRK leaving us a five-star review on March 3rd. You tell that we still got a little bit of ways to go because uh, March 3rd was over a month ago, Sean. Last month, I started getting into the TCG, and this podcast helped me understand the meta rather quickly. My favorite part of the podcast is the theory crafting. It helps me understand how to build decks, even though ADP lives in Jake's mind rent-free. <laughs> it does. And, uh, like, how, how could you blame me, honestly? I also have a marketing and branding background. I love how both of your takes on that side as well. Hot take. Look, as a longtime Hearthstone player, ADPZ is a necessary evil if you want new players to come into the TCG like Demon Hunter was for Hearthstone in 2019. It's fast and fun, but cheap competitively. Bought a Battle League deck in effort to build a Turbo Zashian uh, deck. I can feel like I can compete unlike my Vivid Voltage Zard theme deck. Love the pod, and the title was great to hear Jake get salty. Favorite Galar Pokemon is the question out of that, Sean. I mean, for me, um, shiny Galarian Zigzagoon. Jeez, you went with the shiny versions? Of oh, course. Now I got to think of the shiny Shiny Galarian Zigzagoon is like the ultimate David Bowie tribute. It's so good. Wouldn't that be Obstagoon? Oh, oh, Obstagoon. That's what I meant. The Jeez, Sean form. doesn't even know his Pokemon. <laughs> Clearly, Pokemon TCG know. podcast. Oh, know. my <laughs> God. This is all downhill from here, Sean. <laughs> It's one of the goons, <laughs> the, the goon squad. Let's just call it. I that. knew where you were going, though. I knew <laughs> where you were going. My favorite personally is Pinkurchin. He's got a little butt for a nose. A little ah, spiky okay. boy, round, got a butt for a nose. How could you not love that? How could you not <laughs> love that, John? 
well but uh, i will say though we've talked about this when the when the adpz battle style arena decks came out like i was super happy yeah and also super pissed that that product was being made like we knew full-fledged that was going to be a great product for new players man i was mad though it's it's a weird thing like i i think he's he's alex is right in the respect that like getting new players in printing these types of products where it's cheap to get in and also like adp it's a it's a deck because it's so simple to play but it's still good and competitive which like you know you can give it credit for that but yeah it just i think the way that it's it's simple yet good like that's cool picaram you know i think picaram has actually a pretty low um you can get into the picaram deck and be good enough without being super advanced as a player. But if you're really good, it has a very high skill ceiling. That's what Picaram offers. I it's, think Picaram is definitely harder than what it used to be like before uh, yeah. last rotation from like Ultra Prism on. Yeah, yeah. I think Ultra right. Prism on, it was way easier. And even then, like um, even before that as well, you know, when Team Up first came out and we still had like the sun and moon yeah. Era of cards in there with like Tapu Koko GX. Oh, but... Tapu Koko GX. Would you just like throw that down? I had games where like I just needed to find that one card to win the whole the whole round, and you find it and you just feel so good and your opponent's just like, oh my God, you got it. I didn't even it. see it coming. <laughs> but uh I will say we had a conversation about this. Um this was a long time ago. I think this was when like V Maxes were for when they first came out. But we had mentioned how, like, I felt like Pokemon was taking, like, the Pokemon company was taking the trading card game in a direction that was much more simpler, mm -hmm. right? And look at the look at the format before battle styles. You know, we were talking about how, like, just hit crushing heads and and like you just attack first or whatever, and like that's how you win. Like, I felt like the game overall was going in a direction that was like super simplistic compared to like the Zorark era. Mm -hmm. and things like that and and i and i mean i would love i would love to know like if we had started the podcast like two years ago what like these these people coming in and leaving reviews these wonderful people would be like because we get a lot of people that are saying like i mentioned earlier hey i'm new to the game i just came back in or something like that and i love the pod stuff like that i wonder if we were in like a zorark era and we started if we would still have these new players um, but also the Pokemon card boom probably yeah. plays a factor in that. And I mean, yeah, to your point, like when when the skill ceiling is much higher with any given deck, does that actually push players away that are new? I don't know. It's it's a tough one because for me, I start to think of it though, like it's nice to know that there is a level that you can improve to, and it's obvious to see. Whereas, like you know, in these more in these simpler eras, like hitting crushing hammerheads. It feels like even if you are improving as a player and making better choices, you could still lose. And like that doesn't feel like the kind of uh, validation of your progress. That's like with the VGC, you know, because you never know. Like you could you could whiff the burn. I think Aaron Zhang whiffed um, whatever the burn move was. He miffed it. He whiffed it like four times in a row at the world like championship. Mm. And like, you know, you you get a lucky crit. You know, mm -hmm. you get a low roll on your attack. There's so much variation with like VGC, and I feel like the TCG translates to that in a different way. I think we've even had this conversation on the podcast, Sean. <laughs> we we probably have. We're 43 episodes in now, Jake. We everything that could be said about Pokemon trading card game has been said at this point, right? That is true. We <laughs> do though have a YouTube 
review that I do oh. want to go over because I mentioned that we would start going over YouTube comments as well because I try to want to push us through the algorithm and give more and more That's views. Right, I get um, it. But Lenny leaving us the first six star review. Recently began playing collecting again after many years. It's been a kind of overwhelming catching up to this point. But by religiously listening to you guys, I'm learning the meta at an exponential rate. Keep it up. You do a legitimately great job. Chemistry between you two makes it seem like you've been doing it for years. Six stars, Sean. The first six star review. Oh my gosh. Of that, the Metapod. That was how that, many that podcasts was five can head. say they have a six star review? I'd that, like to know. <laughs> that was five head of the comment lever there. So we're gonna give you a heart. You can see this. I did give a little heart. Because, I did. Well, I gave I'm, a little heart. I'm giving on them the, a heart uh, on YouTube screen thing. because it's on YouTube, so they can see it. So. <laughs> oh yeah, that's true. That's true. That's true. And then Nambo Kim, one of our one of our good buddies, one of my good buddies, says these boys spitting. <laughs> easy easy i wanted to drop that one in too because it's very short and sweet um jake jake do you want to i think we said we have just a couple of main topics today um and i think it makes sense to start with the meta this week as opposed to like you know we don't have any fluff it's uh no no product news fluff we can just start and jump into the meta and i think there was one tournament jake that i wanted to focus on mm -hmm. and that is the uh limitless major number three so, uh, Jake, do you want to give everybody a quick rundown as to how that tournament netted? So this is a wonderfully I, I'm still amazed about how many people like Limitless can just bring in time and time and time again. Right. Because how many people how many people were in this tournament, Sean? Uh, over 500. Yeah. Like that's a lot of people. That's a lot of people. But Rapid Strike ended up being the biggest uh, share of the meta, I believe it was like 17.8%, almost 18%. This is honestly like one of the big instances of, you know, rapid or any deck really taking more of the meta share than ADP. And I would honestly say like almost 4% is actually a phenomenal rate, you know, 20 more people playing it. And then also look at that win percentage for those of you watching on YouTube. If you want to see the podcast on YouTube, check out Atrocious Gameplay, my YouTube channel. I upload the podcast every single week. But the, the win percentage for ADPZ, 49%. Rapid Strike Urshifu, almost 53.5%, 53.18% win percentage. We talked about it the other week, you know, Rapid Strike Urshifu, especially the Nets version. It's kind of the best one right now. It has a lot of flexibility and things that it can do. And you know what? It's showing up, Sean. Yeah, it's yeah. I mean, it's so exciting to see a deck have a definitive lead over ADPZ finally uh, for like that top meta game. And I think that means that the, the world, the world is healing, Jake. The world is healing. I said the other <laughs> week, I said, it sounds, it looks like, I said, in my opinion, there's so many things that can just one-shot ADP right now or knock it out right after the alter creation. I think I said last week that ADPZ is kind of trekking downhill in terms of on that tier list. You know, it's not an S-tier deck anymore. It's like a 1, 1. 1.5 at this point. Yeah, yeah. And then, like, look, it's like, it's a deck that if you, if you hit everything and if your opponent misses, then you just win, right? It's still oh, yeah. that deck. But, um the other decks don't have to be so perfect in order to beat ADP anymore. And I, I love this. And, and I wanted to give some love to rapid strike Urshifu because this deck, 
It's fascinating. I find I'm finding this rapid strike archetype, Urshifu in particular, because that's the only really good rapid strike attacker we have right now. I'm finding it to be a bit of a chameleon, Jake. And what I mean by that is there seems to be a few decks that are out there, like a few ways to play this deck that it's very surprising. Like, you know, you mentioned the one like Urshifu Nets. Is that the one that got, let's see here. Um, is that the one that got uh, top? Yeah, yeah. This one got second place at the event. But then you also have people like Pedro that were playing the Pedro Sinichi, wonderful content creator on Twitch. He was playing, I believe, the Chinchino version oh. of it. I don't think he made day two because he was casting day two. But there, there he go. is There's right Pedro. there. I know on stream when I was watching and this might have been before Limitless started. But yeah, right there. He was playing the Chinchino version. Still has nets, but that I, I consider the Chinchino version a different archetype than the Nets version that we previously looked at. Can I point something out, Jake? What did we yes. say last week that everybody should start putting into their deck? You were saying Phoebe, weren't you? Yep. And what do both of these decks have? Phoebe. Phoebe. Wow. Man, does Sean have an influence Bruh. over... How many people Bruh. listen to this pod? <laughs> Not... Well, I can tell you who doesn't probably listen to this pod, and it's probably Pedro and... Um, uh, let's, uh, who is the top player? And if Pedro and Gabe <laughs> listen to this pod, it's that would, I mean, much love, but I doubt it. <laughs> you know, Sean and I, Sean and I are smart. You know, I can, I can guess what Pokemon cards are coming back in, in the standard format. Cause I, you heard it here first, who guessed level ball. And then ball Sean guy, yeah. just knows what to start doing with your decks. So that's, that's, that's the validation that we needed here on the Metapod, <laughs> but but I mean, it makes sense, right? If you're going to play the Mewtwo and you're going to play Nets, throw one Phoebe in. It's, you have access to it. It's a definitely like an interesting build. And as you were saying, like Urshifu can be done in so many different ways. And I, I just, man, Sean, you would love Golisopod with mm. first impression. If, if we were to do a retro format, like best of seven or whatever, conquest style, you would love you would love Golisopod. Play but, some Zoropod. Oh yeah, you would love you would love that Zoropod. That's literally what Chinchino. What the Chinchino Urshifu is. Yeah, basically. that's literally what Chinchino Urshifu is. It is literally Zoropod. Trade first impression right there. You know what? There's there's other interesting ways to play the deck that I I don't even know if people played them in the tournament, but like Rapid Strike Drag, uh, you know Urshifu Dragapult, so Dragafu. That's a whole other way to play it, right? Where you just like, you expect to hit more Eternatus. So you run, you know, a 2-2 line of the Draga and you just play it around that way. Um, I, I think also Pedro, um, the, the wonderful man who played the Chinchino uh, Urshifu version, he's played around with the Lightning Mew 3 as well. Or I'm sorry, not Lightning Mew 3, oh, Lightning, Lightning Urshifu. Oh, okay. Where you're popping the cocoa, and, you know, you can get a turn one, um... Uh, rapid flow g max rapid flow i think it's called yeah i think second um, attack I, I was gonna say i think rare candy i didn't watch the video yet but eric covered a version of that lightning um urshifu and it's nice because you also have the old you know the team up zapdos mm -hmm. that does 90 when it comes from the bench or 80 one of those two so like you think about the math there you're doing 120 if you have the martial arts dojo or maybe you do the extra 90 or whatever that can add up to where you can like just keep pivoting between these things 
and have these little like the Zapdos can take care of Jirachis for you. I don't know. It's it's like there's so many ways to play this deck, and then you could run like the Quad Cheryl route where you're just like I'm all about one attachment, one fifty a turn. I think also this uh, this Mimikyu here is pretty good, Sean. Ah, the Mimikyu okay. from Cosmic Eclipse. I've actually wanted to. After playing in the team challenge over the uh, over the weekend, I actually want to try to see if I can fit this in the uh, in the uh, single strike deck because that would favor anything that really has Mew three. Um, because not only do we have Welder Mew three, we've got Teenies putting in Mew three, we've got Pikaroms putting in Mew three. Now we have this deck that has shown up the last go. We're not really going to cover it too much. There's a Psychic Mew 3 deck, Sean, that is back. Just won Azul sub-tournament. Um, also did really well. I can't remember what tournament it was, but... I mean, Mew 3 is There's back so many Mew 3s coming. Yeah, it's, it's, it's strange. You'd think Mew 3 would be like... It's long gone, right? Because I think there was a window of time where Mew 3, it was just Welder Mew 3, was the only version that was And still it wasn't like, even that great. Right, like you basically had a Rahul playing Welder Mute, and that's it, right? It'd be like, it'd be Rahul and maybe a couple other people, but um, yeah, it's all of a sudden, it, you, it has all these partners, kind of like Picaram did, where it's like, I'll pair it with Victini, I'll, you know, whatever, and um, all of a sudden, it's like good again, which is wild. It's, it's starting to be more of a tech at this point than necessarily like its own deck. Mm-hmm. Uh, or at least it has been. Yeah. It has been. Now it's starting to become more of its own decks with like Welder Mew 3, people doing well with that, and then Psychic Mew 3. A lot of people are like really mystified of how Welder Mew 3 is doing so well. Hmm. It's like there's just a lot of fire decks. A lot I mean, of free giant hearts. Yeah, you know? there's a lot of fire. You you can still do a lot of damage. And Yeah, you still have a versatile amount of moves with like the the Incineroar GX, the Naganadal GX, all these different things. So let's see, let's see a welder deck. Uh, the best one here was from ah, I know this Il Covo di Weavile. I I did a video with him. Congrats. Um, yeah, here's the yeah the Incineroar. I think you're right. The Incineroar is also what makes that particularly nasty. Yeah, I think anybody playing Mew three in any deck should play the Incineroar. It's three colorless. Why not? The Flareon with that bright flame. I think the first person to ever play the Flareon in a Mew 3 deck, at least from what I saw, I think was Cashman. I uh, think I'm pretty sure Cashman played it. I I've seen Long this Flareon in a Mew 3 deck before COVID. Flareon oh, I, I don't Mew know 3. if I've seen that. Yeah, Flareon. So I, I've played Flareon in a Mew 3 deck before COVID. I didn't start it. But I think ah, you know. So you just you're you're just big dog. Well, I'm here. just saying it was a, it was a tech card that people played around with because 190, um, like Heatran doing 130 is not bad. You know, Reshizard can do 200 with the GX attack, but for three energy doing 190 is particularly good because you could one shot a Crobat right um, with just a welder attachment. So, and there's not a lot of cards that can actually do that. So that's that's why that one in particular is useful. You can also knock out a Heatran. This is true. This is true. So, um, yeah, I think uh, to me, like, that's probably the reason why the Flareon makes sense now is because there's just a couple of things running out there that 150 or, or 130 or whatever, just a little short. Um, but this uh, this event was pretty good. If we want to go back to the top eight, 
you know, talk yeah. about more about the tournament itself. Mad Party did end up winning, Sean. Let's see. The nice old cut. Mad Party ended up winning the event, beating that Urshifu Rapid Strike VMAX. Very yep. interesting. Another Mad Party being in the top eight as well. Kaquim making the top eight as well. And we look at this deck, Sean. Mm -hmm. Almost seems pretty standard. I mean, now that level ball's back, we still see that high aggression of the Denes. Doesn't surprise me. Got that Mew in there for that uh, Rapid Strike matchup, the Giovanni's Exile, to get all those two prizes off the bench to make that prize trade a little bit easier. Still got great catchers. Pal Pad. Escape Rope is interesting, in my opinion. Yeah, But I it's think almost was... like another boss, you know? Well, and also Escape Rope is, I think it's useful in a deck that, you know, if your opponent plays Tool Scrapper or knocks out whatever it is that has the air balloons on it, because you're probably putting air balloon on the Guru or maybe on the Dedene or the Crobat, you know, it's just something that you're not going to leave in the active. But um, one strategy to beat Mad Party is, you know, if they can't win the game with the seven energy that they have, then they just lose, right? Um, so if there are like things that can discard energy, like the Giratina or whatever, that's one way if you know that you can't take prizes faster, it's just to run them out of energy and then trap something in the active and that's it. So trapping something in the active where maybe like there's an energy attached and they can't attach another one. That's why escape rope is also, I think very good in a deck that doesn't really play any scoop up nets or switches. It's just an interesting deck. I think mad party is really fun. Um, it's done well. It's done well as of late. You know, with the with the rise of Urshifu, I think rises a little bit of Mad Party as well because you do have the opportunity to hit for that weakness. All it takes is for that Jirachi GX to be prized or they whiff a quick ball, Pokecom, whatever it may be. And all of a sudden, you're hitting that Urshifu VMAX for weakness. And it doesn't take much to knock out, to be honest. It only takes like eight in the discard, I think. So, yeah. You know, I wouldn't be... This is a weird one, but... I do wonder if anybody has played around with a Mad Party list that doesn't rely on Dedene. Um, I get that Dedene... It's not has, enough draw support. Well, I mean, yeah, might be. It might be, because... But, like, you know, there was the old... Um, now that we have Cricketune, right? You could use Cricketune and Duskull if you wanted to draw and discard. Because that's the other benefit with Dedene, right? It's just getting stuff into the trash. But there was that old Duskull uh, card that lets you discard three and go search your deck. Yeah, from for Cosmic Duskull. Eclipse. Yeah. And that was a version of Mad Party back in the day. And the reason I think that, you know, there might be something to that. I don't know where you find the space exactly. But if you could play Power Plant, then you could just turn that Jirachi GX off. And then you have nothing that it affects, really. Right? If you're running Cricketune, you don't need the Dedene. So it's like, it may I be just a bad like, way I just personally think, like, there's just not enough room. I mean, think about it. The Dedene versus Cricketune. You have two people on the bench for Cricketune versus um, Cricketune and Duskull versus Dedene. But also, no matter what, you're going to have a two-prizer on the field. Mm -hmm. And so would you rather see, you know, up to three cards? Because a lot of times you're probably not going to have it in the active, right? Mm -hmm. Um would you rather have three cards or would you just grab six? You know, and I just, yeah. I just think Dedene is like way better in that aspect because like it's six is way more valuable. It's definitely more streamlined. That's for sure. But, yeah. I, with this deck, you just want to go a thousand miles an hour anyways, <laughs> for the most part.
Yeah, you're you're probably right. Um, this is like me I would rather. I think if you, I think if you played like the Dust Call Cricketune version, you'd have to get rid of a Rangaroo. And I think a Rangaroo is really good because that's like your best way to conserve energy. Yeah, right? you start with two twin energies and a Dedenne. <laughs> you don't want to get rid of that twin energy, so yeah. throw it on top of the deck and and go ahead and Dedenne, and you'll get it in your hand next turn. Oh well, well, um. Jake, I, I think this has been a really interesting conversation about Urshifu and, and this specific tournament, but now that we are potentially going to have those in-person events again, do you want to uh do you want to transition to giving some advice about what in-person might look like for people and what what we should do? We didn't, by the way, viewers, we didn't uh write any of this down. So this will be just like coming this up is with it on, on the fly. The fly. <laughs> this is on the fly. F it, we'll do it live. You know what, Sean? The first thing that you should always do is tell your opponent, good luck. Mm -hmm. Say this time and time again. Just say good luck. You don't even have to look at the person. Don't even have to, like, you don't say even have anything to, else. You don't have Just to mean as it. As you're Just shuffling, you're like, good luck. Yeah, because at it. the end of the day, like, again, I think the baseline for all of this should be... Um, even at a big event or regionals where everybody clearly is playing, they're competitive, they want to win. At the end of the day, you are choosing to do this for fun, you know? So just always, always keep that in mind when you, you're competing and when you're playing your opponent. So that is like a baseline and that'll hopefully help you just naturally have all the manners that you need. All right. So rule number one, always say good luck. Sean, what is rule number two? Um, I would say rule number two right now is you don't have to shake anybody's hand. Don't shake people's hands. Yeah. You don't even have to knuckle touch. Just say, yeah. Hey, GG's you're cool. Give them the point. Give them the peace. <laughs> yeah. Cause that's something also that, uh, people who go to regionals often talk about is you get sick after a big regional. So for those of you who've never been or have forgotten, um, the more you interact with another human being's physical body, at a regional and you're going to, there's going to be a lot of people you're going to be playing. The less you can interact, the better. I, I don't know how this is going to solve the touching other people's trash, like their discard pile. I think you just ask. I, you could just ask, but I, there is, there is that weird thing. I think that if you do get back into it and yeah, you don't, you're not playing super sweaty, but you still got to, you're still competitive asking if they have X in their discard pile gives away your strategy to some degree. So, that is one area where it's like, ah, uh, yeah, that might be a Let little. Let me just reach over real quick, grab your I trash mean, while you're looking through your deck, and. But I mean, you could also ask them to fan out the trash, their discard for you, right? Like that's an option. Just well, like the, there's a specific Pokemon rule that says your trash must be in one place. So like I know when people were playing like Mewtwo decks mm. um, before the pandemic, what you would do is like you would have your trash showing you my digimon cards but like you would have your attackers yeah like kind of out here a little bit um like kind of skewed to the side but yeah. it has to be like connecting still at a certain point to my understanding of it oh but like what your you discard do... has to be all connecting but what i was saying you could do is like you could have your opponent like just lift up their deck and then just thumb through it themselves so you don't have to touch their cards makes sense yeah, yeah i yeah. think i think that would be an appropriate thing to ask now now that we're in a post-pandemic world, right? Like the pandemic mm -hmm. has happened. Um, and also cutting as well. If somebody yeah. asks you, hey, can you cut your deck in half real quick? 
might as well do it after a shuffle, you know? Yeah. Because I don't, I really don't want to be touching people's decks, to be honest, Sean. Yeah. So, I mean, what I would say to that is like, you know, if, if your opponent wants you to cut a deck in a weird way, or if you want to ask your opponent to do it in a weird way, it, you know, lots of games people say cut and then top five, right? Put the top five on the bottom. Just be like, accept it. Don't stress about it. Um, and yeah, that's, so those are like beginning of game manners i would say that are that are very nice um yeah because digimon does that like when you when you start the game you know i've heard all the time from watching your tournaments or you know other places you've commentated like hey can you cut in half and then top five or whatever and i'm always like i never would have thought of ever asking that in a pokemon tournament <laughs> well because like the pokemon it you pokemon's weird because like you could stack but there's not as much value in stacking an opening hand in pokemon Whereas with Digimon, like you have the security that goes out first. And if your opponent has to hit into that, that can be pretty brutal. So you're actually protecting yourself. Whereas on Pokemon, you're like. And also like Pokemon is such aggressive search in the yeah. deck. Whereas Digimon, I don't know if I've ever searched my deck once in Digimon in the in the handful of games that I've played. Yeah. Yeah, I have never searched my deck. <laughs> There's, I don't yeah, think there and you are play any like cards. every day. Yeah, I don't know if there are any cards right now that let you directly search your deck. There might be one obscure card that does, but I doubt it. It's kind of absurd, but uh, Sean, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. What, wait, what was my next thing? Oh, yeah. If you beat someone, don't say sorry for beating them. I he I hear this a lot. You know, hey, sorry. Especially when you talk about like bigger content creators, um, don't say sorry for beating them. You won. You won fair and square. Even if they dead draw, they're probably pissed that they dead drew. Don't just say sorry, all right? Just say GG's, you know, and, and just move on your merry way. Don't be like, hey, I'm sorry I beat you. Like, what? <laughs> I find, as a former competitive, like, college athlete, like, if I swam a race against someone and they beat me, I would be mad if someone was like, hey, man, sorry I beat you there. Like, what do you mean? <laughs> I mean, I will say, I, I sometimes, if somebody has a very unfortunate game, I, I had a player one time that he just, he dead drew two games out of a best of three completely. Just had like, he basically got donked. And I, at the end, I was like, I tried to empathize. I was just like, I, that, I'm so sorry. Like, that's like, not that I beat you, but I'm sorry that you had to experience your deck like that. Mm -hmm. I think it's a, it's definitely a read the room though. Because some people, yeah. they're like, they're just tilted and they're out. And like, that's okay. People are allowed to be tilted and just walk away. Walking away is always an option. So Yeah, if you got nothing nice to say, don't say <laughs> anything at all. Just walk away. Um, I think one, it, it's like kind of a manners, but also just kind of like how people play when you play IRL that you, if you've only ever played online and you're getting into this, Pokemon has a lot of shuffling. If you've only played online, you will not really have noticed this. But mm -hmm. what I would tell anybody who wants to get into the physical card game now that we're coming out of the pandemic, take some time, build some physical decks, and do what No, don't even, don't even build physical decks. Well, get 60 bulk cards. Fine, fair. 60 bulk cards that you pulled from the packs that you and your sons and your daughters did, and just keep it at your desk, whether it's at work, or whether it's at home and just when you're at the computer or you're chilling, just practice shuffling. I've gotten so much better at shuffling in the pandemic. 
oh my god sean <laughs> yeah i mean ever since i built this deck but that's the thing right it's it's very like if you well i remember when i was new and i would go to the the card shop and like, all these experienced players and when you're new you don't really know how to shuffle unless you come from another card game and mm -hmm. it is so nerve-wracking to like feel like you're holding your opponent up because you're bad at, and your cards are falling on the table and you're like ah so you know if that's something you want to do you know don't be too nervous like you, whatever but spend time now just like at your desk like jake said grab some cards you don't care about practice yeah, the way that you want to shuffle cards go go pay i mean i paid like 15 bucks for these sleeves yeah. and i've had this i've been shuffling this deck like every day for a year over a year because i these used to be my competitive sleeves <laughs> just like doesn't matter how dirty they get when one rips just replace it and it's awesome it's also like a good dose of serotonin to just to hear that you know <laughs> well, when, jake, you, when you shuffle in my opinion i will say jake is that how you shuffle your real deck do you do that like bent shuffle no 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 no, no. i only okay. do it i only do it for this bulk deck okay i only do it for this bulk deck because it's satisfying yeah, so, yeah, practice how all the different ways you think about you want to shuffle, practice it, and then when you actually get into a game, there is a, like, it's not an, it's kind of an unspoken rule, like, way to play the game, um, where if you have a few times on your turn that you know you're going to look for multiple cards, mm -hmm. feel free to, you know, go pull a card out and then just set the deck back down for a second to play your next card and say, I'm going to go back in. Yeah, so for example, if I've got if I've got quick ball and a Pokecom in my hand, you know, I quick ball, I go grab a Pokemon, I grab this Sobble right here, and I know that I'm gonna Pokecom this Sobble for an evolution Pokemon to evolve something on my bench. Don't worry about shuffling. Slap that puppy back down. Say, all right, I'm gonna play Pokecom, put this in. Yeah, just minimize the amount of times that you have to shuffle. You know, if you're gonna go like you're gonna go like evolution incense, Pokecom for Dedene, right? You know, you you shuffle before you did Dene, and then you know what? You might have to go back in after the did Dene, but you have no idea beforehand, you know, like, yeah, you know what I mean, Sean. Yeah, that's, but that's like an interesting mannerism that, like, technically the card says shuffle, but like a judge will also allow you to say, I'm going to go back in. And so long as you play a card that lets you look through your deck again, then you're good. Now, if you and even then, like <laughs> if you change your mind, you just say, you know what, actually, I'm going to pass or attack or whatever. They would yeah. just ask you to shuffle your deck, exactly. you know, after you do such thing. You yeah. Know? Yeah. I mean, so that's like one thing that, again, if you're super new to like the physical game, you're going to realize how much shuffling that is. And you'll you'll eventually you'll get into the habit. Right. It'll be like, I'm going to get this. Uh, and then you think for a second, I'm going to go back in. You go back in and. And that genuinely shortens the game by like at least 20 to 30%. If you, oh, yeah. Shuffling takes up so much time. It's absurd. In Pokemon, it is absurd. Yeah. I mean, we had mentioned, you know, how much search you have in your deck. You know, you're doing it so much. You've got Level Ball. You've got Quick Ball. You've got Pokecom. You've got attacks that accelerate energies from the deck. You've got all these different things. Mm -hmm. it, it's, quite, it's quite crazy. I think the... Um... There are other, there are other like kind of mannerisms. I'm trying to think of anything before we get to, um, one of the topics we want to cover, like IDing. Do you want, I'll just say that first, Jake, and then we can if we think of any others. One okay. other thing that it sort of came up on Twitter, and um, I don't have a negative judgment about any of this in any direction. 
But I think the whole thing is stupid. It is a little <laughs> silly, to be frank. But um, one of the things, if you're in a tournament that has a top cut, so that's going to be like a league cup whenever that comes back or, or regional, um, there's a whole thing called ID, which is an intentional draw. Intentional draws are allowed in Pokemon as long as both players agree to it. And you can say, yep, we we choose to not not actually play, play the game right and you'll not do that in it. irl events because irl events are like they're not open deck lists yep. you know maybe you can guarantee yourself in the top cut or whatever so you're like you know what instead of losing and getting bounced i'm gonna id to at least get one point this round and boost my chances of getting in maybe if it's a bubble or you're like you know what i got this super spicy secret tech card that nobody knows about because i haven't played it yet or told anybody and i don't want to show anybody yet or or it could also just completely be, legitimate though it could also just be like hey i had a really good first few rounds i need some chipotle i'm yeah, hungry maybe you haven't had lunch food. yet right you know when you have irl it's not as easy as going to your fridge no you got to go to the store and get food um yeah you got to go somewhere <laughs> in the venue to go get food and i mean like pokemon is very very weird especially for the tcg because the tcg always has so many people they got to get those rounds done super fast and so the schedule They'll kind of just like run right through lunch from what I've heard. Yeah. There's there, not really a lunch break. Yeah, there's um big events, regionals. There's never, and even uh, league cups, there is almost never a, a lunch break. And so it's it can be very tiring. So There might be a break like at a cup. There might be like a half hour break before top cut. But I mean, I've been to, I've been to places that have top cuts at league cups and stuff where they're like, we could either take a half hour break or if everybody wants to, we could just get this thing going. And you don't want to be the one guy being like, actually, I'd like to actually all to stay I'm hungry for a burrito. So uh, but on that front, though, what I will say is there are situations where you might want an ID, but your opponent does not. And it's important to remember there is to recognize that. Your opponent is allowed to not want to ID, and that's totally cool. Like you might think it's stupid, like oh, if you don't ID, we're both gonna get bounced and whatever. And you can, you you certainly can feel upset, but like that is not it's not a rule. So like again, just remember you're all here to have fun, and sometimes that player that doesn't want to ID, they want to go into top cut with a better record, which you know in a big regional in a, from a day two scenario. That might mean you can win or you can lose one extra game on day two if they are able to win the game that you wanted to ID. So it can be frustrating, but sometimes it's uh, unavoidable and just you just got to accept it. Roll with it. It's just it's interesting. Also, <laughs> stop freaking hating on control players. God, I saw <laughs> another group of people on Twitter just bagging on control. I don't think it'll ever end because no. nobody actually feels good when they're outsmarted you know and so when you get beat by a control player a lot of times not every time but a lot of times people are just outsmarted they don't know how to play the matchup they don't even know what the deck is you know this they just get beat stop insulting i saw ooh, Vinny fernandez um Vinny Fernandez was playing in expanded. I think I don't even know if it was ladder or a tournament or whatever. Oh, I think I saw this um, retweet of yours. And they were playing. They only have two decks in expanded. They have like Snorlax stall and like Donk. I think it's like Pyro or something like that or whatever. It's like two stall decks, two stall mm. control decks. 
And so that's like the only thing that Vinny can play. And the person was like, wow, you don't even think when you play the deck. And it's like he's facing against ADP Dark Box, which plays Dark Rye EX. You know, the one that says attach an energy and all the Pokemon with the dark energy can just retreat. Like what Dingus didn't put that on their bench. It's infuriating. I mean, to say that a stall or a control or a mill player doesn't have to think, I'm like, it's the exact opposite. Just talking bad about stall control players in general. This is the like eighth week in a row now I've, that I've complained about people just bagging on. I will say control stall. Making it so that your opponent can't play the game is actually the most complicated strategy of all. You don't play oh, that yeah. because you would think it's, it's playing easy. for you and your opponent. Yeah. Like the, yeah, I just, you know, anyways, um, I, is there any other things in this, in this realm or do you want to get to our, our last little topic of the day? Yeah, let's get to the last topic. I was going to say like, if you know, you're going to lose, take the concede. Um, but there's, there's not, that's not the exact thing that I want to say, because like there are situations where if you just play it out, you know, you may hit a tie, like don't slow play. Don't be like, hmm, I have this one card in my hand. I'm going to sit here for 30 seconds and decide whether or not I'm going to play it. Don't do it like that. But like there are situations where you're like, I know I can like auto lose this matchup, but maybe if we play it out, I can win. You know, maybe the, the control player has a slow time setting up or whatever. Just don't slow play people out of yeah. out of a win. You know, I mean, look, your opponent can always make a mistake. That's. That's yeah. always an important point. And especially, I would say in IRL, mistakes are far more common than online because online, it's so easy to check your discard when you look through your deck and everything is in everything is right there and is dead simple relatively. And so, yeah, you know, online people are quick to hit that concede button. But uh, IRL, yeah, I mean, if you if you just scoop, you know, you're always going to lose, but like you're saying, you know, don't like your opponent could mess up. You know, if you run it out the rest of the way, you might get lucky. You might <laughs> yeah. win. Yeah. Not uh, saying that if it's the final round and it <laughs> literally doesn't matter and you're not going to get points either way. Like, you know, I just, just go ahead, wrap it up so you can go get some food or some beers with some buddies, but just don't just my, my thing is don't uh, stall. <laughs> don't, don't, uh yeah don't run, slow play the clock no don't milk the clock like a freaking timer stall person <laughs> shenanigans um, so jake the last the last topic that we wanted to talk about today and i think this will be a topic that leads into a few weeks of content here on the pod um we still need to coordinate everything but this is sort of like a, a vision that jake and i discussed uh jake also put out a tweet about this so I did, but I put out a tweet the other day. I said, Hey people, who are the top names in the Pokemon TCG community that have made a name for themselves during the lockdown era? And I said, uh, casters, players, creators, organizers, literally anybody in the Pokemon trading card game community. I mean, I guess even, I mean, I guess we could bring on collectors and stuff, but I mean, we don't have to. We could, but we don't have to. But. I'm afraid that the collectors who made a name for themselves, Jake, are not the ones we want to bring. On. I'm thinking of people. I'm th I'm thinking of people though, like um, someone like like Pokey Guardian, 
okay. know, like has a has a news site, just hit 10,000 subscriber or 10,000 followers on Twitter. That's really cool. They don't play competitively, but they produce news. We often grab news from their website, things yeah. like that. I'm not saying that they were unknown beforehand. Um, but yeah, there's there are plenty of people in all of these categories that have made that are now like stapled and everybody knows them, Sean. And I think the the fascinating thing about that is, you know, if you go back to the beginning of, of the pandemic and all of Pokemon trading card game gets shut down, and then not long after we start getting these product shortages. If you were to tell somebody, you know, a year before that that all those things were gonna happen, I think most people would say, the game's dead, right? The online client is trash. Um, if you can't actually buy the physical products or play in person, I don't see how this game survives. But the strange fact, for a variety of reasons, it's almost been the opposite of that. And I'm gonna pull up, Jake, I'll pull up a, um, a statistic on Twitch, and I have more statistics as well. This is a Twitch graph that shows you the category Pokemon Trading Card Game Online. This is specifically PTCGO. So you're not getting the Logan Pauls of the world or whatever who are streaming pack openings with this. And what you see here is like, it's, you know, they have some ups in the summer and then some downs and then some... That's Worlds right there, that up in the oh, summer. Oh, yeah, that up that's there. Worlds. That's Worlds. Well, it's, I think it's NAIC. Well, that's the... I mean, that right there is not, but when you said, like, end of the summer, that's Worlds. Oh, yeah, end of the summer is Worlds. But rel it's relatively stable, right? It doesn't really go up mm -hmm. or down. And then all of a sudden, January, right? Okay, we're, we're at a low. Like, if you actually look at January... That here, is Sword and Shield base set coming out, Sean. This is, this is that bad That is Sword stuff. and Shield base set... Team up to Sword and Shield base, the worst format in the last, like, <laughs> two years, hands down. But then look at what happens after this, which is in the green. The green here is viewers, and the blue is the number of channels that are streaming it. And mm -hmm. it just absolutely takes off during the pandemic. The number of new streamers, the number of viewers also increases quite a bit relative to everything else. So I, I think for me, this is a huge, uh, you know, just looking at this chart saying somehow people are still interested in watching people play Pokemon trading card. I games. mean, it's the only it's the only way right now to play is online. So like yes. a huge credit, you know, the only way to play is online. So you're trying to find out, you know, what are these top players playing? You know, Azul. Uh, tricky gym you know you talk about pedro trainer chip starts streaming you know mellow magikarp is also in the game now just applied for partner congratulations mellow i hope you get it but either way even if you do or don't you're still freaking boss man anyways um but then you so, know all these things so you have it takes off on twitch and you're like, well, maybe that's just it's Twitch. off in a relative term. Well, yeah, but I mean, you know, everything is relative, right? Einstein or yes. something. Uh, and then, like, you know, I'm gonna pull up a few YouTube channels here. I'll start with my own. Uh, and like C plus. Well, whatever. I haven't posted in like five months. I saw that C plus, Sean. Whatever. But if you look at this, like the uh, video views and subscribers, again, you know, this is just growth over the month. So it's not a lot. We got not a lot going on here. And then what happens? This is March, and it's just absolutely shoots through the roof with the number of subscribers every month. And the same with the video views. 
I just want to start with mine, but you can look at a, a bunch of people's channels. You can look at um, you can look at Celios. I think Celios in the oh, pandemic could, hit yeah. like 10k. This is slow Shay poke well. from the slow poke well has done really well. This is Sableye's videos. He mm -hmm. he especially he shout was out like, to Mitch for making the global finals. Mitch especially has been on fire the last couple of months in particular, right? Mm -hmm. Um, you got Little Dark Fury who is already a large channel, but mm -hmm. You know, huge, huge growth here. And then, yeah, let's see Celios. I think Celios went from just like one or 2,000 subs at the beginning of the pandemic. Let me see if I type this right. Yes, I did. Uh, yeah, and then so like, you know, just a few few thousand subs and a few thousand views a month. And then, yeah, it just takes off. So Twitch, YouTube, you know, and, you know, even in, I'll, I'll get out of that. Leak! Uh, leaks. Leak! Um, even in the uh, world of podcasts, Jake, we started in the pandemic, but but who else? Who else was... High five. This is a high five. There you go. But like, so we started, I think, Cast. I think they started before the pandemic, but they were kind of like spotty, and then they started doing consistently um, around the time that we started. Um so I guess you can count them. I mean, before yeah. it was really only tag team podcasts. It was the Heat Factory and it was Faded Town. That was pretty much it. Yeah. Now you have us. Now you have Flo kind of in the ring doing it way, way more consistently. Now you have Trashalanche podcasts there. I mentioned them earlier. They're doing a whole bunch of stuff. You got the Lake of Rage now. I think they're four episodes deep. Mellow Magic Arp in the pod. So go check yeah. them out. I mean, you got Pittsburgh all of these Pokemon wonderful podcast. Uh, what Pittsburgh Pokemon podcast? The Pit yeah, Pokey crew. We've got a ton of people. Yeah. So and and then Team Yell Team Yellhorn. I don't know. I, I don't want to like mm -hmm. not not mention somebody, but it's, it's uh, there's. Uh, I mean, yeah, that's the so thing. Many. Like if, if we want to talk about every single one, you know, we'll be here for the next hour, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I for me, I, I wanted to do a series. Uh, you know, and, and Jake was. Uh, was super keen to the idea of just bringing on people uh, every week from each like discipline, chatting with them about their journey through COVID and just, you know, being that reminder that like, yeah, we lost for this last year plus the ability to play in person. But in a lot of ways, I actually think that the community of Pokemon trading card game has gotten to know each other better mm -hmm. in this window of time than they would have beforehand. Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't think Henry Brand would have followed me on Twitch if it wasn't like for the pandemic. So Ooh. Oh, like, lucky flex. you know, like I would just be another Joe Schmo. Yeah. So anyways, that I, I that's just me gushing a little bit <clears throat> and saying like how how excited that uh, I am that I you know you know we're we're coming out of this, but also recognizing all the all the upside if you will, or all this, the silver lining to all of yeah, this. Yeah, there's a lot of good people out there, and there's a lot of people that, you know, work really hard, and, and we should we should celebrate those people, yeah. you know? All right, Jake, do you want to do you want to celebrate you getting better at Digimon now? Do you want to... Yeah, <laughs> Sean is going to play me in Digimon! I have, like, actual decks. I'm so excited. All I want, like, the whole thing about Digimon is I just want to play. I just want to play with someone. I don't care if I win. I don't care if I lose. I just want to play Digimon. There's no <laughs> online client, even though they did ask in the survey. Um, 
would you want an online client and hope to God everybody said yes, we'd love an online client. Um, I think the Wasi actually just posted a video about it today. I mean, um, in his like gaming channel or whatever. I would be like, for me, it's like, yeah, you should probably have one. Accessibility is good, but I'm not going to use it. <laughs> I just want to play. Why not? What I just want to play with physical while. cards. <clears throat> I want to play cards. physical cards too, Sean, but I got to practice. All right. Well, let's get to practicing, Jake. We'll see all y'all folks next week. Thank you so much for listening to the Med Podcast. You can listen to this on any podcasting platform, or you could watch our reactions on YouTube. Sean laughing, his wonderful catch. You can see my horrendous background, this excellent rounds feel plushy over here that is, uh, (laughs) God, so round. And many, many more wonderful things. This is the MetaPod Podcast. Revolves around the evolving meta. Sean, have a great, well, I'll... We'll see each other later. Goodbye. In a bit, actually. Awkward outro. Bye.